is it like to live as a missionary? How do you rely on faith during a traumatic crisis? And what can you learn from it all? Hello and welcome to Love and Encouragement to Live By. I'm Tammy Thompson, a Christian author under the pen name of T.S. Thompson. And I'm Joe Heather Dodson, founder of Your Christian Coach. Thanks for joining in today for your weekly dose of love and encouragement as we talk with missionary Hannah Davis and learn more about deeper Christian living. Yes, and I am so excited today to be able to introduce our guest, Hannah Davis. Now, Hannah and her husband are both missionaries, and they have five beautiful children. Um, I extended an invitation for Hannah to come on to the show because as a sister in Christ, um, I believe that she has much love and encouragement to be able to offer those listening in today. And I'm also blessed to be her neighbor. So Hannah, welcome to the Thank show. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Thanks for joining us today, Hannah. I can't wait to learn more about your efforts for God's kingdom here on earth. Please tell us more about how you and your husband were called into the mission field. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it kind of was a process. Uh, we both have seen a lot of brokenness in um, and around and just in the areas that we've grown up with and the people that we've known. And God just has continued to just kind of waken in us, um, even since young children, uh, just the desire to be able to dedicate our lives to sharing the gospel with people and providing them the hope that they de so desperately need. Um, when I was five, I was convinced that I was going to be a missionary to China. Um, but the Lord has continued to evolve that. In fact, when we both first met, uh, we were both convinced that neither of us were going to get married. And uh, we were not attracted to each other at all. And it was actually through ministering to um, a heroin addict together that we really just kind of uh, our friendship just began and it really became kind of just love growing softly. Um, it also helped when I gave him a haircut. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, but it was really just through seeing his love for others and his love for the Lord and him likewise that our friendship deepened and then um, we became married and uh, God has just kind of written the story, eight moves uh, and 11 years of marriage and five kids later. So Yes, it's been a journey. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, especially that you thought originally, because that leads me into my next question. You felt like you were led to go to China. And that's, I think, with most yeah. people, when they imagine what it's like to be a missionary, right. they think of people going to like Africa or going to China right. or someplace. But you were called here. That was a direct calling that you felt called to minister to people here and so can you kind of tell us a little bit what it's like to actually live as a missionary what it's like your day-to-day -day self what it's you know i know you mentioned one time you had like 10 churches that you have to I, it's a lot i mean i don't think people realize what's involved in the life of sure, a minister sure ministry. thank you yeah absolutely and there's definitely um such important work to do overseas um steven spent um missions work in lots of different parts of europe and australia at different times i was able to spend eight weeks in new zealand um there's there's definitely importance is to that but i know god continues to just keep bringing us back to our own country um i think more and more there is just a need for the gospel to be proclaimed and people to not just to be evangelized but also discipled in that and a lot of times the greatest type of church planning that can be done in other countries is when 
people go and bring the gospel to those people who are there that know the know the culture, know the language, and as they get raised up to be pastors, they can begin to further the ministry there. Um, and the neat thing is that we already know the culture, we already know the language of our own land, and it's so critical right now to bring the gospel to our country. Um, kind of a fourfold things that we do, um, we basically... I'll just touch on those really briefly. So we do a lot of proclaiming um, how believers can effectively uh, be able to reach their communities with the gospel. So yes, that that's working with a lot of churches. We work very closely with 11 churches right now, um, often a uh, weekly basis. So it's just very, it's a lot of um, connections and working with those people and helping lead and, and raise up workers and those kind of things. So a lot of proclaiming. Um, and then my husband does work also um working to help with the whole state of Maryland and training those people, which kind of goes to the next part is not just proclaiming, but also equipping. So equipping and training and sending believers and how they can better uh, be equipped to share the gospel. I I know that a lot of times I see that young people um, don't know the reason by what we, by what they believe. They don't know the reasons behind it. They can't give an answer. And even people who are very founded and grounded in the Lord if someone were to say, hey, what do you believe? Can, I'll sit down with you for 15 minutes, like, you know, share from God's word how to become a Christian. A lot of people would feel very stuck. So being able to equip and train and send out believers. Um, we work with uh, young people from middle school all the way through 99, whoever wants to be able to be used for the gospel. Um, then also we ourselves evangelize, disciple, and establish. So the goal is to be able to equip the local church be able to go into their local community and bring those local families and children the gospel and then bring them into their church discipling them and establishing them in in a christian a christian walk um and then finally um, my husband also does a lot of designing and editing and producing things uh both for uh cef locally but also for cef um, around our country and even different parts of the world just one of his most recent projects was actually being able to work with um, producing an ASL project uh, where being able to train deaf people how to be able to share their faith through a, a, a several video part series. So anyways, it's kind of all those things and everything, that, all the subcategories behind it. So it is, um, it's exciting and, and uh, very busy. <laughs> so. Wow, that does sound busy. <laughs> I know you're, you're always busy. I mean, I, I mean, you live right behind me, you know, you're constantly going, constantly having people coming in and out and and um, it's like, yeah, you're probably not a whole lot of downtime to rest. But I also know that I've seen from what I've witnessed of being your neighbor yeah. and in the church, I've been to some of the churches and stuff. We, we go to some of the same churches and that you have a really heart for children, you know, to be able to to share the love of the gospel with children. And I know you've shared a lot of stories um, with some of the children that you've been able to help. And it's just heartbreaking how these people, these kids are, are in such difficult situations they don't know who jesus is they, they don't have hope you know and and how to to deal with the, the tragedies and the stuff in their lives and so um i remember when you guys started up the good news club that was that took a long time i remember you talking about trying to get that into the, the school system so and, and i think it's been a great blessing and opportunity so hannah can you just share for those listening what the good news absolutely club is? yeah so 
we are just a tiny drop in the bucket of a much, much bigger thing that the Lord is doing. Um, basically, News Club is underneath the umbrella of the ministry called Child Evangelism Fellowship. And CEF is what it's also known as, um, is a worldwide organization. It's actually the largest children's ministry in the world. Um, they're in over 206 nations and about 20 million children um, hear the gospel each year through the ministry. In fact, North America, that's including all of the United States and Canada and um, as, as well as Mexico, is only 5% of the ministry. So if we zoom into the United States, um, most of the work uh, is in public schools, so it's not all the time that way. Um, there's over 7,500 public schools that have what we call a good news club. Um, but then in the summertime, we also have what is called a five-day club. So there, then there's other sub-ministries as well, the discipleship programs and those kind of things. But the two main ministries under CEF are the Good News Club and the five-day club. So yes, when you were saying, Tammy, we were praying about that um, in 2016, We'll be missionaries for almost eight years now with CEF. Um, in 2016, we were given Carroll County, and when that happened, there was just there was one church and two schools, and so we were really just praying for the Lord to open up new areas and and new um, and new ministry opportunities. So absolutely, um, most of the school year involves um, working with after-school programs. So in 2001, the Supreme Court ruled we went. CEF went all the way up to the Supreme Court. People said, we don't like this program. We don't like that you talk about Jesus and, and such. And praise God that that ruling was favorable. So uh, the, the, the Supreme Court said that if any, after school, any, any school has an after-school program, um, that, that, that they have any type of program with kids after school that they cannot discriminate against, Good News Club. Um, because, simply because they're religious. So obviously parents have to give consent for their children to come, um, but it's, it's just been an amazing opportunity to reach uh, children who have no understanding, like you were saying, Tammy, with, with who, the, who the Lord is and what that all means. Uh, now, Five Day Club is basically, you might want to think of like a VBS on steroids, um, but you're going to the community. So a lot of times VBSs are really trying to disciple church kids, which is very important. Um, but a five-day club is often going to the kids. So going to the Section 8 housing, going to the communities, going to the local park, going to the areas where kids will gather. And then we have a sponsoring host or a sponsoring church that basically helps facilitate often providing a meal for the kids who might not have one. Um, and then we train up young people and adults to basically commit their summer to local missions. Um, so it's it's a uh, it's it's a lot of jam packed and exciting things, but yeah, it's it's an amazing thing to be a part of. Wow, I mean that is so exciting, and I've got to see some similar work done in my community and the difference that it can make. Yes, um, for kids who don't don't have anyone in their life mm -hmm. who might know Jesus or just just even yes. open the door of a possibility of creating a sense of curiosity for them and and I've gotten a chance to go on a mission trip where we did a, a work kind of like what you're doing in the summertime and man that makes a huge impact um, and kids feel cared for and I mean yeah. that's yeah North Carolina has a really work. great work um, they have a really great work with CEF North Carolina so yeah, Absolutely. yeah, we um, just so powerful, so powerful. Mm -hmm. And as I'm thinking about this and all of the efforts that you've just described, and of course thinking about the last 12 months of uh, living yeah. anywhere in the world, I'm really curious, how did um, COVID and the lockdowns impact your Good News Club? Yeah, that's a great question. Yes, it definitely did. Um, all the schools closed, uh, so that's a big problem. <laughs> um, and yet people still need, need to hear the gospel. So basically we met with each of our teams. Um, right now we have 16, 
in our local area. There's over 120 in Maryland. Um, but we started meeting with them and just saying, okay, how do you want to do this? And then customizing it for really what their vision and how the Lord led them. Um, so some of the teams uh, committed to say, hey, we're going to actually go physically to each of these people's houses with goodie bags and just trying to connect and pray with these families. Um, others said, hey, we are going to um, find another location. So whether it was a dance studio, whether it was um, local community center, whether it was actually their own church, um, and basically revamping the whole program to be able to work with COVID guidelines and be able to minister to these families. Um, and others uh, said, hey, like we're, we're losing so many team members and we need people to rise up. And so they're still praying for that. Um, and so it's been a very interesting uh, mix of things, uh, but God is continuing to work. I mean, we were just on Sunday, we were sharing at one of our, our partnering churches and uh, the pastor's wife was just talking about some of these responses of grandparents or guardians who didn't want to have anything to do with the program now that it was outside of the school. And just with that continual, like, you know, showing up with a, hey, we're caring for you, we're praying for you right now, and, you know, talking to people outside, that she said her heart is completely changed. And she even was like, we're moving, and here's our new address. And, uh, I mean, one of the families, just real briefly, um, one of their probably the worst case of COVID I have heard of for a kid. Um, he was in the hospital, you know, completely you know, intubated and had a feeding tube down his nose for over 15 days. Um, just bringing those, you know, bringing that family a meal and, and, and having this relationship for now several years, kind of building that trust. Sometimes it takes a long time for people not to feel like you have ulterior motives. Like you're just being kind to me because you're just being kind to me, you know, <laughs> you know, like, people just don't get that. And it takes time to really win people's trust. And yeah, just the, the tears from the parents and even holding this little boy's hand, you know, and feeling how weak his hands were praying for him and God working in this situation. So definitely having to be very creative, improvising, you know, improving. Um, we're also doing what we call like a news club home edition. So behind me, um, you can see actually my quilting project, but also behind that, uh, you can see our green screen in our studio um, and where we do a news club home editions where those kids who just are not willing for any type of physical interaction can continue anywhere um, to tune in. And we're using pre-recorded footage from international headquarters, also a lot of animation stuff, and then also live interaction with the kids to just continue to disciple and evangelize them. So um, yeah, it's been very challenging. Uh, even working with believers who are just receiving this from all different perspectives and how to process what's going on. Um, but the gospel must continue to go forth. And so whatever that means and whatever that journey means, um, we're going to walk through those doors. So, yep. Mm. Wow, that was very insightful. And uh, I mean, I think some of the stuff with the videos that you're doing are, is, is actually like a blessing coming out of it because you'll be able to reach people that you probably couldn't have reached Absolutely. before. You know, um, so I just want to take a moment here to let you know, those who are listening, how you can help support Hannah's uh, missionary work and the Good News Club. Uh, there are several ways that you can help support this wonderful program. All of this information will be in the show notes uh, with links to make it easy for you. Uh, first, you can send a check with the specified designation, which I'm assuming would be Davis or the Good News Club written on the check to P.O. Box. Uh, 652 Mount Airy, Maryland, 21771. That's P.O. Box 652 Mount Airy, Maryland, 
21771. Or you can text CEFCC, that's CEFCC, to pound 77977. Again, that's pound 77977. And this will take you to a secure push account where you can sign in and you can make a one-time donation or a reoccurring gift. And finally, you can go to their website at carol-county.cefmaryland.org. That's carol-county.cefmaryland.org. And then underneath there, you because I went through the whole process <laughs> to make sure I knew to be able to tell you guys how to get there, you select Give. And then from there, you'll be taking to a new page where you can choose a fund that has a pull-down menu. So, Hannah, I was looking at the different options. So can you just explain briefly for those listening the different options and how those funds you know, help different areas in need. And also, if you could let the audience know where the greatest need is in your ministry is right now. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So there, when you pull that down, there is general ministry. So that's going to be basically wherever the needs are needed. Um, and then there's the Davis ministry account. So that's specific for the parts of our family. So obviously our family's doing it, but we're also, um, overseeing and making sure all of the teams and all the people are need, having the needs that they, they need met. So every every cause is very important. Then there's also, you could choose Good News Club Ministry if you want it specifically to go towards the school year ministry. And there's also summer ministry, um, which is probably where the greatest need is exactly at this moment, because um, right now we're recruiting uh, young people, 14 through adult, who want to commit their summer to be able to uh, dedicate just to local missions. Um, this will be the first summer in Carroll County where it looks like all the outreach locations can be in Carroll County, um, which is really, really exciting. And uh, those are just filling up. But while the weeks of ministry are filling up, we also need a team. Uh, so I can share a little bit about that more a little bit later. But uh, just to sponsor an intern, we offer both volunteer and paid positions. We're also trying to raise funds to be able to get a, um, a snow cone machine and uh, pop-up tents that are needed and other materials uh, just for the, the games and the prizes and all those things that comes with just ministering to kids in need. So um, absolutely. Uh, I Hopefully that's a description of what you need. But <laughs> No, that's okay. great. And it actually just brought up a point yeah. I didn't pre-think of before our interview was if people want to get involved, Absolutely. not just be able to financially yeah. help and support you, what is the best way for them to reach out to mm-hmm. you if they uh, want to get involved in our local community, yeah. um, join, you know, like you said, you need volunteers, mm-hmm. if there's maybe they have a tent they can loan, sure. what is the what is the best Absolutely. way? Is there like an email they can reach you at? Absolutely, yes. And so wherever you really are in the, in the country... Um, CEF has established work in every state of the United States um, and almost, well, almost everyone except North Korea, country in the world. So uh, you, there's ways that you can be involved tangibly. If you live locally or you even um, know young person that might want to be involved, you can feel free to email us um, at cefcarolco at gmail.com. So that would be cefcarol, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. CO, so like for CEF Carroll County, at gmail.com. Or you can even um, contact me by text or phone number uh, or a phone call. Just if you do do a phone call, make sure to leave a voicemail so I can catch it. Sometimes, you know, spam calls and stuff. Uh, on my personal cell phone at 410-812-8975 because um, I do a lot of the, the coordinating of that kind of stuff. So, yep. Next week, join us for part two with Hannah Davis as we continue to offer you words of encouragement that remind you of God's awesome love.